Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, have you guys ever found yourselves having a moment, right, where you have this thought that goes like this, this is my moment, it is right here, right now, it's make or break. Has anyone ever found some of those moments? Yeah, I've had a few of those. Um, They're not generally the most best of times I've had those moments and those thoughts. Uh, One of them was uh, back when I used to live in Canberra. Uh, For those who don't know, I used to live in Canberra. And uh, for what you need to know about Canberra is that Canberra is really, really small. Like you think Adelaide is small, Canberra is way smaller, right? Uh, So much so that you can be in the city of Canberra, like in the middle of the city, and in 15 minutes drive, you can be in New South Wales. Um, so that's how small Canberra is, right? And so what happened is that uh, as we were growing up and going to school, a lot of our friends uh, actually went to school in ACT, but they were actually living in New South Wales. So they would drive to school uh, across the state border every day uh, to go to school. And so what would take place is that these places in New South Wales were actually like big farm properties, yeah? So like big properties, lots of, lots of land for boys to do silly stuff on. It was great. And so what we decided as young men is that whenever we hung out, we were going to hang out on one of the properties. And so a couple of my mates had, uh, their families had properties in New South Wales. And so we would go and hang out there. And this one time it was Australia Day, shout out to Australia. And uh, it was an Australia Day, 26th of January. And we were, we were literally just chilling in the pool, having a great day. We were cooking a barbecue, all the classics. We also cooked a little bit of pigs and blankets. If you don't know what that is, it will change your life forever. Uh, it goes, Jesus changed your life forever, and then pigs and blankets. Um, what it is, it's literally just like Frankfurt's wrapped in bacon, cooked on the barbecue. That's pretty amazing. And so we were eating lots of that. We were eating lots of that, and we were having a great time. And as we were sitting there eating our pigs wrapped in blankets, we noticed that our friend on his property had a dam. Like, 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 like a body of water, like a, they called it a dam. And it was about 15 meters wide by 15 meters wide, this dam that would take place. And the horses and animals would go and drink the water there and they would use it for irrigation, all that sort of stuff. And we noticed he had a dam, but then right next to it was something even more glorious. We noticed that he had a giant hill leading to the dam. And at this moment, we all start thinking in unity. And we're, and we're like, you know, you know how Jesus moves in unity? Yeah, that was that moment right there. And we saw this and we were like, man, what an incredible opportunity to make the world's best water slide. And so on on this 26th of January, uh, a couple of years ago, we uh, decided, we were like, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to make a water slide. So my friend's dad had a digger for the property. And so we went and grabbed the digger and we dug out like a little tunnel on the hill that was leading all the way down to the dam. And so we're like, man, this is going to be so cool. This is going to be amazing. Uh, and then one of my friends was like, hey, we shouldn't just have a slip and slide go into the dam. We should make a jump on the end of the slip and slide that goes into the dam. And all of us were like, that is the most genius idea we have ever heard in our entire lives. So what we did is that we realized very quickly we couldn't build it on the dam because the foundation wasn't right and it would just break apart and fall down. And so what we needed to do is actually build the jump like a meter back from the dam to make sure that the ramp like stayed steady as we would go up and over it, right? But then who knows, you got a bit of distance you got to clear before you you actually land in the dam. 
And so we then quickly realized we didn't have enough speed and velocity and momentum to actually make the jump. See, we forced someone to go down at first and they were like, no, I don't want him. We're like, no, nah, do it, bro. It'll be fine. It'll be all good. Anyway, so he goes down it and he kind of makes it like halfway up the ramp and just kind of like falls over. And it was just like, ah, oh, we need more speed. And so we're thinking, okay, do we push them? Do we pull them? Like, what do we do? And my one friend goes, hey, I've got an all-wheel drive. We should park it on the other side of the dam, attach a rope to it, get the rope across the dam, up the slide so you can hold onto the rope and I will drive the car forward and that will give us enough speed to make it. And we were like, you are now the most genius person we have never met. And so this guy went and grabs his dam, we grab a really long rope, we tie it on and we, we, we take it all the way up to the top and it's up there. And so we're all standing up the top with this glorious creation in front of us, being the world's best slip and slide with the biggest jump attached to it and a tube there waiting for someone. And then came the moment when we realized someone had to volunteer to go first. And in my head, what should have gone through was, Dan, don't be stupid. But in my head, what went through was, this is my moment. Right here, right now, this is my moment. Like this is going to go down in the history books of Canberra. Not much happens in Canberra. This is going to go down in the history books. And so we, we, we were up there and I'm like, and, and no one said anything for a couple of seconds. And I was like, guys, I volunteer as tribute. And they were like, Dan, you're the man. And I was like, yeah, I am. I'm a poet and I don't even know it. So we had this jump, right? And so I lie down and I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all out in it, right? We had this tube and I wasn't going to sit back in it. I was like, I'm going to Superman this thing, right? And so I'm lying face down on the tube, right? Like face down, stomach down. And I was holding the, the rope right above me. And as we're about to start, I start to realize, hang on, there's a jump at the other side of this. Who knows that jumps kind of change direction really quickly and had my hands sticking out in front of me. And I was like, how is this going to work? But before I could come up with a solution, the car was accelerating. Now, when we had talked about it beforehand, we were like, what's a good speed? And we were like, probably around about 40 Ks an hour is a great speed. Like, like 30 to 40 k's an hour is a great speed. Now, that seems all well and good when you're in the car just like cruising along and like you're like going through the, the burbs and you're like, this is really slow. But when you're like this far away from the ground, going head first down a hill towards a ramp, it's a little bit quicker. Um, and then mid, mid, mid like run down, I had to like try and adjust myself to make sure I wasn't falling off of the tube because, you know, didn't want to scratch up the whole body because, you know, we're thinkers obviously in this situation. But the most glorious things happened. I was like, this is my moment. And I readjusted myself, got on the tubing, hit the ramp and cleared it and was in the air. And I'm like, hashtag we fly high. <laughs> and I landed in the pond. And for those who don't believe me, for those who say, Pixar, it didn't happen. I want to show you something. We fly high. <laughs> it happened. What's up? That was me a few years ago before I met McDonald's. Uh, so. But I thought to myself, this is my moment right here, right now. 
And as I was thinking about this recently, I felt like God said to me, hey, how often do you make room and opportunity for me to be shone in your life right here and right now? How many times during the week do you make an opportunity and make yourself available for me to move through your life in the right here and the right now? And I felt a little bit convicted about it because in those moments, I'm always like, hey, right here, right now, I'm your man, I will do it. But when God speaks to me in the week to week, in the day to day, sometimes I find myself going, I think it's that guy's turn right there. And I felt convicted that God said, hey, how many times do you reply to me with, this is my moment right here, right now. Use me, God, in however you want to use me. See, at the back of Winter Project, we themed it into the new, but really, we can't really step into a new season if we don't first learn how to use what God has placed in our hands in the right here and the right now. Because we can always be looking to the future, but I tell you what, God is the God of the here and God is the God of the now. And He's not just looking to moving your life into the future. He wants to move in your life right here, tonight, right now, if you would make yourself available to it. And so I started to think about this and ponder and I came across a story in the Bible which had four guys which said to God, hey, right here, right now, we're going to make this happen. And it's four guys that are found in the scripture, Mark 2. Uh, I'm going to pick it up in verse 2. It should be up on the screen. If you have your Bible, follow along because hashtag Bibles are lit. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you should get one. Um, and we would love to give you one. So bring it. Here we go. Cool. Uh, verse 2. But it's talking about Jesus in a house. So it says, Soon the house uh, where he was staying, talking about Jesus, was packed with visitors. Uh, and there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof. Pause right there for a second, right? You rock up to a house carrying a man. What person goes, hey, I have a great idea. Let's dig a hole through the roof. You're like, dude, holes are meant for the ground, not the roof. Wrong way around. And yet these guys were living in the right here, right now. And we said, we weren't going to let anything stop us from encountering Jesus. And so we read on, they dig a hole in the roof and they lowered him on the mat right in front of Jesus. Also, how did they know where Jesus was in the building? Anyone think that? Like, I'm like, my brain's like, man, how on earth did they know where Jesus was on the roof? Were they like trigonometry it or something like that? Where they were like Pythag, like, uh, like math, like that's where Jesus is. I don't know. But they lowered him right in front of Jesus. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question in your hearts? Is it not easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven? Or stand up and pick up your mat and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man, who has the authority on heaven to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And then uh, and the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Right here, right now. Whenever I read the Bible, I like to put myself in the stories because I'm a bit of a visual person. And so I put myself in the, in the position of these four young men carrying their friend to go see Jesus. 
And I kind of go, man, I would be so pumped in the morning. You know, like, you know when you have something exciting during the day, like maybe you're at school and it's like you have a really good lunch, you know, and you're like, man, lunch is going to be awesome. Or maybe you're at work and you've got, you got something really cool happening after work and you're like, I can't wait till work is over. I love everyone here, but I love them more. So I can't wait till it's over. And you can find yourself really excited. I would find myself really excited when I knew I was taking my friends to go see Jesus, who is the healer, and would provide a miracle for him that he could actually walk again. I would be pumped. I would be psyched up. I'd be like, yeah, this is my moment right here, right now. And we'd be psyching each other up and it'd be great. And then when we got to the house and saw that there, there was no room in the house, and not only that, but there was no room outside the house because there were so many people, I think I would be a little bit discouraged. I think I would rock up and be like, I thought this was going to be the moment where Jesus changed his life forever. I thought this was going to be the moment that we remembered forever, the day that we picked up our friend and we brought him to Jesus and he got healed. But there's no way in. I can just imagine the four of them looking at each other a little bit confused as to, and so one of them walks up to the crowd and goes, hey, can we just squeeze through? And they go, no, 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 wait in line. It's our turn first. We were here first. And them going, being confused, going, hey, aren't we here, all here for the same thing? And being really confused in that moment. And so they turn to each other and go, what are we going to do? And then one person pipes up and is like, hey, there's no one on the roof. And they're like, we know there's no one on the roof. That's because Jesus isn't on the roof, dude. He's like, no, 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 there's no one on the roof. Maybe we could possibly, in the right here, right now, not give up, but we could keep pushing forward. And we could have the courage to climb up on the roof and dig through a little bit of stuff so we can lower him down in front of Jesus. That way, no one can tell us to get out of there because if we let him go, you know, he'll, he's paralyzed, you know, no one wants to do that, you know, so no one's going to tell us to stop. And so maybe we can do this and that's where we get him. So they begin to dig and they lower him down in front of Jesus. And I'm just thinking like, if I was in the crowd with Jesus and I just saw like stuff starting to fall down, I'm like, what is going on? Like, you know what I mean? Anyone, I would be confused. I'm like, what is happening? And then like the first little big piece falls and it's like, knock someone out, you know, like on the floor. Jesus like, guys, I'm trying to, trying to do this right now. You're creating more work for me. Um, <laughs> but they get this open, they lower him down in front of Jesus and, and Jesus looking up and seeing their faith says, your sins are forgiven. I think sometimes we forget that Jesus didn't say, seeing their faith, he healed the man and made him walk. Their faith actually brought salvation to their friend and his salvation brought a healing that Jesus gave him. But the point of the story is this, is that the four friends, when they were walking up, when they met disappointment and an obstacle, they had every right to go, hey, not today, let's turn around and go home. But if they were to do that, who knows if this man would ever get his healing and his miracle that he needed. And so instead of saying, hey, not today, they said, hey, right here, right now, this is the moment. What are we going to do to make this work? What are we going to do to make this work? And I found that God was saying to me, hey, Dan, how often do you respond to me with right here, right now, God, what am I going to do to make this work? In my week when I'm talking to someone at the petrol station or at the grocery store or at work or at uni or wherever it is, how often do we feel that little inkling of the Holy Spirit go, hey, have a conversation with that person and we go, nah, we don't want to. What happens if they think I'm weird? What happens if they don't think you're weird? What happens if right here, right now, God has destined you and anointed you to impact that person's life to bring them to know Him and build His kingdom? What if? 
And so as I was pondering this, I came up with a few keys that could be potentially helpful for us to live in the right here and the right now and respond to God in the right here, right, right now. The right here and the right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> and the first key is this. The first key for us to be able to live in the right here and the right now and respond to God in the right here and right now is this. Number one is that you have to commit to courage. When I was on top of that water slide, I had to have courage. I had to commit to the courage as needed to go down it. And I had to commit that, hey, no matter what, I'm going to do this because I don't want to look like a fool in front of my friends. Hey. But I had to commit to courage. I had to commit to stepping outside of my comfort zone and into a place where I had never been before and trust that God would have me in that moment. In our week to week, we need to learn to step outside of our comfort zone and commit to courage. In 1 uh, Chronicles 28 verse 20, it says, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. And when I read that, I get really convicted because I'm like, how often do I really step out with courage like that? Like the God of the universe has got me and is backing me. And how often do I actually go, hey, I know that. And so I'm going to step out. I'm going to have that conversation. or I'm going to invite that person to dinner or to connect group, whatever it may be. But instead, I let my fears and my insecurities stop me from stepping out and building the kingdom of God when Jesus is calling me to live in the right here and the right now. And in that moment, if all I have to do is serve Jesus, am I serving Him? Instead of taking the snapshots of my life in the right here and the right now, if someone was looking at me, would they see Jesus? Would they see Jesus? We've got to commit to courage because it takes a courageous person to step outside their comfort zone. It takes courage to have a conversation with someone you've never had a conversation with before to invite them to dinner, to invite them to connect group, to be friendly to someone. In a world that tells you, hey, we're all competing to be better than one another, it's really hard for us to actually come alongside someone and go, hey, how are you doing? Not out of any other motive than just to say, how are you doing? (laughs) In your week to week, how many times do you invite someone to connect group? How many times do you invite someone to dinner? How many times do you ask if they need anything or if they need some prayer in their life? Not to get them to church, but to be the hands and feet of Jesus and connect people and have a courage that lives in the right here and the right now. Don't have the mentality of what if they think I'm weird, but have the mentality of what if they don't think I'm weird and Jesus is ready to impact their life forever. In order for us to live in the right here and the right now and make the most of the opportunities that God has placed in our hand, we have to commit to courage firstly. But secondly, we have to position with people. Position with people. And if I could put in brackets, I would say position with the right people. See, when I was on the top of that slide, I had all my friends backing me. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they wanted to see me fail. (laughs) No. (laughs) I was like, I'll do it. And they were like, yeah, Dan, you got this. And I was like, yeah. I got this. And they're like, yeah, you're amazing. You're gonna, you, it's going to be amazing. You're going to fly so high. We're going to video. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. And I was like, yeah, I do. And they were filling me with encouragement. <laughs> Looking back, I don't think it was encouragement because they wanted to see me succeed. I think it was because they wanted to see me fail. But hey, anointed. <laughs> we need to position ourselves with people. Who have you got in your world that is encouraging you 
So take the opportunities in the right here and the right now. Have you got people positioned in your world that are encouraging you to step outside of your comfort zone and really step into what God has for you in the right here and the right now? Have you got people around you who won't let you stay where you're at and won't let you stay where you're comfortable, but will be like, hey, you're better than that. There is more in store for you. Come on, step on now. Come on, come with me. And have you got people around you that will encourage you to step forward into what God has for you? One of those people in my world, one of my greatest friends in my life is actually on the front row. His name is Morgan Hancock. You will see him leading worship. He is possibly the coolest worship leader. Uh, I might be a little bit biased because he's my best friend, but the coolest worship leader ever. But this man I, I met uh, when I first moved down to Adelaide and, and I saw him in my life. I saw him and I saw the characteristics that he had and we didn't have a natural friendship like that. In fact, we started off as enemies on a dance floor. That's a whole nother story, but you know, come ask us afterwards. <laughs> But I saw the characteristics in his life and I said, I said to myself, I said, hey, I actually need that person in my life. I saw him and I saw how joyful and how much faith he had for so many things. And I said, hey, I need that person in my life because he's gonna push me to be better and better. And the areas that I'm not so strong in, he will be strong in and he will encourage me to get better in. So I positioned myself around him so that he could help me grow in the things that God has for my life. And I can't tell you how many times he's come alongside of me and said, hey, either encourage me, challenge me or uplifted me. And how effective it's been because I position myself around people who are going to encourage me to step outside of my comfort zone and into the new. Into what God has for us. It says in Proverbs uh, 27 verse 17, As iron sharpens iron, so one person, sh- one person sharpens another. When there's iron and sharpening iron, there's friction, there's heat, there's, there's pain, there's sparks flying. And sometimes it's not the nicest and cleanest thing. But I tell you what, you will never get sharp. You'll never be able to live in the right here and the right now if you don't surround yourself with people who are going to do that for you. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 says, So encourage one another and build each other up just as you are already doing. See, we are made to do life together. We are made to do life in communities, but not at a surface level, at a real and deep level. And you can never truly step into what God has for you if you don't position yourself around people who are gonna push you forward and forward and into what God is telling you you need to do. People around you can bring perspective and care that you can't get for yourself. There's so many times that I have been so focused in and locked into my pain or what's going on in my world that I don't realize that there's bigger picture going on. And the people I have surrounded myself, Morgan being one of them, Pastor Tony being another one of them, where they, they come around me and they go, hey, you need to think bigger right now. You need to think greater right now because right now you're focused on this thing when really all this is going on around you. And when they lift my perspective and I see bigger, I'm actually able to overcome more and step into what God is trying to do in the right here and the right now because I submit myself and humble myself to them and I've made myself accountable to them and so I want to encourage you position yourself around people people are not the enemy we are made to do life together so number one in order for us to live in the right here and the right now and maximize the opportunities that God has placed in front of us we need to one commit to courage two we need to position with people but number three probably the most important one and the one I'm most passionate about is that we need to stay with the source You see, we realized on that slip and slide, we did not have enough speed and momentum to get down there and go where we wanted to go. And so we had to get that rope attached to the car and hold onto it. But if I had let go at any point, I would not have been able to make it 
where I wanted to make it to. And I want to encourage you guys here tonight is that stay with the source. Stay with Jesus Christ because He is the thing that will fuel you and equip you to deal with what you need to deal with with the future. And on that slip and slide, just before you're about to hit the jump, your natural instinct is to let go. We had to, our natural instinct was to let go and, and, to, get, and to go, nah, I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. I'm too afraid. I'm too scared of what's going to happen. But if we did that, we would not, we would literally go up and then fall straight back down on the hard ground and end up hurting ourselves. In fact, one of my friends actually cut open his finger doing that really badly and had to be taken to a hospital. That's another story. <laughs> Just camera things. But he let go too early. When his brain was telling him to let go, he let go. And as a result, he lost the source of his momentum. He lost the source of his power that was propelling him and pulling him into the next. And so what happened is that he ended up being stationary and hurt and broken. But guys, tonight, I want to encourage you, stay with the source. Stay with the source. When you don't feel like it, when you feel like letting go, when you've tried church, when you feel like you've been praying to God for so long and He hasn't answered and you feel like giving up, I want to encourage you tonight, stay with the source. Because if you were to do that, you will find yourself operating in the here and now and what God is wanting to do in your life here and now and not just in the future. We got to stay with the source, John 15, 4 says this. It's talking about God talking. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Stay with the source. See, the thing about staying with the source is it actually takes time, effort, and energy to do so. And it takes us an incredible amount of intentionality to hold on to what is naturally we're trying to let go of. And sometimes we've got to make the choice, despite what's going on around us, that we're going to actually hold on. And so what does your day-to-day -day look like when we wake up in the morning? Are we spending time with God? Are we staying with the source in the morning? Are we spending some time in prayer and not just praying to God, but actually listening from God? Are we staying with the source? As the band comes up and as I'm about to close, if I could linger on one point tonight, it would be this one, stay with the source, because I feel like so often, I've seen so many of my friends and so many people I know start off really well and on fire and they're holding on, they're flying down that water slide. But as soon as that ramp starts to come, as soon as that obstacle starts to come in their life and then they're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And God's going, just hold on in the right here, right now. For right here, right now, hold on. Hold on. Stay with the source. Hold on. No matter how much you want to let go, hold on. I'm here. I got this. I will get you through this. Just hold on. So many of my friends have not held on and let go. And, and as a result, have fallen away from God. And it breaks my heart. And I want to encourage someone here tonight that, hey, you may be feeling like letting go of the source. I want to say, hold on to the source. Hold on to the source. Commit to the courage. Position yourself around people. But make the choice to hold on to the source first and foremost, yeah? 
that no matter what comes your way, no matter what happens, that you will not give up on Jesus, that you will not give up on His church, the bride, but you would hold on to the source because if you were to do that in the right here and the right now, your future will work out because right here, right now, you are holding on to Jesus and He will give you everything else that you need because He is the source of everything that you need. I don't know where you guys are at, where you guys are at tonight. I don't know if you've had a week from hell or the best week ever. I don't know if you feel like giving up or if you feel like you're going strong at the moment or if you feel like you're operating the here and now well or if you don't feel like you are operating in the here and the now well. Whoever you are, I want to encourage you. There's always more we could be doing. God is the God of more and there's always more that we could be doing. And if we were to commit to courage, if we were to position ourselves around the right people, and if we were to stay with the source, I know that in the moments, in the right here, in the still moments at work, at uni, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, if we make the decision to commit to courage, position ourselves around people and stay with the source, we would see God use us in the right here and the right now. We would be able to use the opportunities that He's placed right in front of us. And as a result, we would be able to step into the new and into the new season because we're honoring God with our right here and our right now. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 